you in a lot of ways librarians today are information concierges. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show about curiosity. We feature research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. And if you've been following this show for any length of time, you know that I like my source material. I like to dig around and find research and what I hope are relevant and illuminating quotes to accompany each of these conversations. That habit goes way back. And when I was a kid, if I was curious, I headed to the library. So that got me thinking, what's become of libraries now that we don't have to go much further than the computer in our pockets to address at least some of our curiosity? Since I'm nothing if not consistent, I took my question to the library, where I was pointed to Jennifer Rothschild, part of the collection development team at Central Library, who will be joining us in just a moment. I think the first thing she's going to have to explain is what a collection development team is all about, but we'll get there. Before she does that, while I was doing my research, I was reminded of what used to be called the Virginia Room at the Central Library, now the Center for Local History, which, among other things, collects oral histories. I often feature a local sound at the start of the program, and what better sounds than the stories that we all have to share. In the summertime, the artillery from Fort Myer that would come down Courthouse Road and then turn and go out to Bailey's Crossroads. Of course, as I said, the road was, was at that time was just dirt. It was just a, a dirt road packed with uh, stones. Very dusty. Very dusty. Very, very dusty. In fact, uh, uh, on a on a good good dry day, the caissons mm-hmm. and the uh, cannons and plus the horses that were pulling them would just create this monstrous field of dust that would fall all over the houses. I don't I do not know when um, they had tied him to the road, but I'm going to assume it's probably about the time of World War II because that's about the time they. Um, paved Columbia Pike. That was done with uh, German war prisoners. Um, <clears throat> Columbia Pike, Arlington Boulevard, Lee Highway, all of these east-west highways were being covered using war prisoners. Lots more where that came from at the Central Library and Center for Local History online, and you can find all of that on my Facebook page. John Maynard Keynes who is widely considered to be one of the most influential economists of the 20th century and the founder of modern macroeconomics, isn't the first person you think of in relation to libraries, perhaps. But he wrote a wonderful passage about bookstores that pretty much summarizes how I've always thought about the library. He wrote, a bookshop is not like a railway office, which one approaches knowing what one wants. One should enter it vaguely, almost in a dream, and allow what is there freely to attract and influence the eye. To walk the rounds of the bookshops, dipping in as curiosity dictates, should be an afternoon's entertainment. 
Keen speaks to a leisureliness that many of us don't often allow ourselves these days, but I find the library has that effect on me. It slows me down, and I do want to just wander and allow what is there freely to attract and influence my eye. And in my own defense, I'll just say that research supports the practice. Among other things, if you're curious, you're more likely to remember new information to which you're exposed. And so being curious, choosing to be curious at the library helps us absorb what we're exposed to while we're there or anywhere else. In addition, simply by being open to new and different information, we also open channels to connect that information to things we already know or might want to build upon. Curiosity begets curiosity, which increases learning and retention, so it's all good. And I'm pretty sure my guest, Jenny Rothschild, can help us, can tell us more. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me today. I am excited about having you here. As you know, I've been kind of wanting to have this conversation for some time. And in doing the research, I came across this wonderful line from Marilyn I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, Marilyn Plavocos Aron, that librarians are the ones who can teach the information literacy skills we need to remain in a zone of curiosity. That sounds like a pretty cool job description. Is that what you do? Yes. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of that, teaching how you find information, how you evaluate information, you know, looking at your sources and seeing where they're coming from. But also, if you don't have the time to learn that, just finding the information for you. In a lot of ways, librarians today are information concierges. Oh, what a great way to describe it. We are your personal shopper for whatever you wish to learn. And Uh that's what we're there for. And, you know, one of the things I found, you know, I started reading a whole bunch of librarian blogs and things (laughs) um, in preparation for our conversation. And one of the comments was that librarians are like, you know, people come up to us and they're like, I'm sorry to bother you. Can I, you know, I, I, I just need to ask, you know, people are sort of apologetic about asking for what you describe as a concierge service. I think if people thought of it that way, they might be like, hey, you're here for me. I, that's, and I see that a lot. People come up like, I'm so sorry to bother you. It's like, no, this is why I'm sitting here. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here so you can find me, so you can uh-huh. ask me questions. You know, I may be working on the computer, but that's just so I don't get bored waiting for you to come up. Uh-huh. And ask uh-huh. me a question. Uh-huh. You know, when we are on the desk, we are there to be found to ask questions. Yeah. And yeah. to help you find what you're looking for. Which, of course, is, you know, what every curious person wants is a curiosity concierge. What a great thing. I mean, it's great from a librarian standpoint because people come to me with questions about things I'd never have thought of or I've never heard of before. And so I get to learn and be curious right along with the patron. Oh. Oh, cool. And discover new things just okay, so as part I, of my daily job. So I have to ask, what's something that somebody has asked for recently that piqued your own curiosity? Um, I had someone who was doing a lot of research on various historic rail lines oh, on the okay. East Coast. And we just, you know, and he would call up uh-huh. and ask about information about these different rail lines and when they merged with other rail lines. And in doing this research for him and you know, telling him what I'd found, I learned just a lot about how the rail lines really affected the economy and how it really built up the eastern part of the United States, in, oh, especially in the 18th century. And it was just fascinating. 
I guess, sorry, the 19th century. (laughs) Very cool. So let me back up. What is the collection development team and how did you get there? So the collection development team is a department within the libraries and we are the ones who buy the books Mm -hmm. and the other things that are on the shelves and we look at stats and reports. We read so many reviews of things and we try to figure out what people will be interested in and we know what they are interested in. So it's making sure that our collection is very robust and it's there to satisfy everyone's needs. We know what they're like, but also maybe some things that they can then discover and find on our shelves. Right, because there must be this interesting balance between where there's demand and where you might help and hope to build a path to demand that people aren't, you know, going back to the curiosity research, people aren't necessarily curious about things they don't know anything about right? because they don't have a path inward. So you by putting these books in people's path, have a way of kind of creating those opportunities for people. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. So um, I want to say also, happy anniversary. Did you know that we're almost at the 80-year anniversary of the first librarians in Arlington? I did not. I learned this, guess where, on the website, the (laughs) library website. So on Wednesday, July 21st, 1937, Eleanor Leonard, graduate of Brown University and the Library School of the University of North Carolina, began work as the first Arlington County librarian. She launched an effort to clean, organize, and standardize each library because I gather they were they were kind of community neighborhood organized libraries, but they didn't have formal librarians. Beginning in the library in Clarendon, um, where her office was located, and the library moved to a room over a drugstore on Wilson Boulevard. And within 18 months, there were more than 10,000 volumes that had been categorized, which I thought was pretty cool. So how many, do you know how many volumes there are in the Arlington libraries now? I really should, and I don't (laughs) at the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how many, in in the collections department, do you have a target or a budget in terms of new purchases coming in? We have an overall budget. and that is for all new books and replacement copies of books that have are so well-loved that they have fallen apart, and uh-huh. so we need new copies of those. And so what's the lifespan of a well-loved book in the library? I mean, how many checkouts or reads? Do you have a formula there? You must. Um, we do and we don't uh-huh. uh, because the problem is that that lifespan can get thrown off if it takes one trip to the bathtub. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> um, and depending on how well it's bound, it can last for a very long time. Uh-huh. But usually um, about 26 to 52 checkouts. 26 to 52 checkouts. Which is something, uh-huh. if it's been constantly checked out for, you know, one to two years. Uh-huh. You know, for And we can see that a lot with very popular best-selling titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, usually around that time, we're going to take a look at it to see how, if it's it's, holding how it's holding up and if we need if we need to replace it or if it if it's still good. Uh-huh. Thinking about those 80 years of librarians in Arlington um, and the library of my childhood, which was mostly books, although we we also borrowed records. How is the library different now? Well, I think the core mission of the library is the same. The library is there to connect the users with the information they're looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're just at a great time because we have so many more ways to connect and so many more things right. to connect users to. 
So in addition to physical print books, you know, the library is online. You know, you can find the library in the computer in your pocket. We're right there, too. And we have, you know, e-books and e-audiobooks and streaming music instead of records. Um, you have your magazines. We have apps where you can just read the day's paper on your computer or right, device right. all through the library. We have databases that you can access to learn new things wherever you are with your library card. And then we can also, you know, we can circulate some very fun things. The, the central library has the tool shed. We can come and check out garden tools. I love that tool shed. <laughs> I've never borrowed from it, but I love the fact that it's there. Um, well, I think Arlington, especially, spaces at such a premium you know, you don't necessarily have a place to put a wheelbarrow, <laughs> right. but that doesn't mean you don't need one like two days a year. Right. So you come to the library, check out the wheelbarrow, you know. Right. Well, one of the things that you said when we were corresponding in preparation for this that, you know, I was asking, well, maybe I should come and do a tour. And you said, well, a tour wouldn't showcase some of the lesser known things at the library, particularly those we haven't figured out how to shelve. <laughs> so, so then I was like, okay, well, now I'm really curious. Like, <laughs> what can't they shelve? What were you thinking of? What does that count? Well, um, one thing we have in a conjunction with the Virginia State, the State Library of Virginia, we have nature backpacks, oh, which is a backpack. Cool. And it has a butterfly net. And a little thing where you can put a bug to observe it before uh-huh. releasing it back in the wild. It comes full of books, of identification books of flowers and birds, and also a parking pass for Virginia State Parks. Oh, how cool. Yeah, so you can check that out, and you can go to the state park and park and just go and explore of the things Virginia has to offer. But there's not a good place to put that on the shelf, so... <laughs> You have to ask for it or put a hold on it and then come pick it up. Um, Some other things. We have a really interesting partnership with the Arlington Initiative to Rethink Energy. And they have provided Uh some great things for people to check out, such as thermal cameras. And it's this little device that plugs into your smartphone. And so we have ones for iPhones and Mm -hmm. one for Android phones. And then it uses your camera app to take thermal images around your house so you can see if you have heat leaking anywhere. Oh, that's so Or you can just make hilarious videos of (laughs) your friends doing silly things. (laughs) Or both, you know. That's great. Well, yeah, I can imagine those don't necessarily fit on the shelves quite so And um, so they've also now given us LED light bulb kits. One of the things that can be hard is trying to find the right light bulb especially if you're switching to LED, like, well, what light bulb is going to work in my light fixture? And they can be a little expensive, so you don't Mm want to buy a bunch to try Mm -hmm. out. So you can Mm -hmm. check this kit out from the library and see which ones work before you go and make your purchase. See, I knew I loved the Arlington Library. And, you know, I was looking online at the calendar, but also at the library at all of the posters of activities and Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, in one month, there's a Book club, you sort of expect that. But then Garden Talks, Six Steps to a Brilliant Resume, Film Matinees, Job Seeking Meetups, Stock Talks, One-on-One Bike Repair, Crafter Dark, and Knitting Club. So tell me about Crafter Dark. Crafter Dark is a great partnership we do with Parks and Re- the Parks and Recreation Department oh, okay. here in Arlington. And their arts instructors come and teach a craft in mm-hmm. class for adults mm-hmm. in the evening. So you can go... You know, if you have a nine-to-five day job, you can go off to work and make a fun craft with the other adults. And we provide all the materials. And, you know, there are arts instructors with Parks and Rec, so they come in and teach. And it's a really just great program and another great partnership with other organizations here in Arlington. 
And is all of that part of a a philosophy of kind of what the library should be in the community? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think. You you wrote about stoking curiosity, and all of these things seem to stoke curiosity. If you had a if you had to write the mission statement for the library, <laughs> is that what it would be? I think some of it would be that. Yes. Um, you know, you're trying to, like I said, the library is about connecting inf- users to the information they're looking for, but also connecting them to the information they didn't know they were looking for until mm. they found it, mm-hmm. you know, and helping facilitate those rabbit holes that we sometimes find ourselves in. You want to look something up quick and it leads you to another thing and another thing and another thing and helping just kind of facilitate those and create those so people can find them. And I think Arlington, we're really lucky and that there is a spirit of collaboration across different departments and different groups in Arlington. So it's much easier for us to build these partnerships and work with other community groups to create these things for users to enjoy. So actually, you mentioned a couple of those in terms of some of the county departments. Are there other entities in the organization that you've partnered with? Well, um, so a lot of the garden talks are in conjunction with the master gardeners, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they come in and do those. Um, We have some very beautiful gardens at different branches. Uh, Westover and Glen Carlin and Central in particular are known for their gardens. And, you know, with Central, there's a lot of food in that garden, and then that food does get donated to... um, uh, AFAC, the Arlington Food Assistance Coalition. Right, and uh, there maybe the is it the plot against hunger? Is that what the I believe that is what they call. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen those. That's great. So, talk more about the role of a librarian as a, a curiosity concierge, um, and and particularly whether there are tips and skills that you have that you might be able to share with other people on sort of how to build their chops at the library, really maximize their use of the library? Well, I think especially in terms of curiosity is being open to falling down those weird rabbit holes that you find. If you're looking, you look, you do a search, you do a search in the catalog to see if we have a book on something. Um, one of the things librarians really like to do is if you scroll down, it'll have the subject head listings mm-hmm. for the different subjects. And then you just click on one of those. And some of the subjects headings can be a little esoteric um, <laughs> or oddly very specific. Mm-hmm. And those are assigned through the Library of Congress, and it's a controlled vocabulary of subject headings that um, most libraries in the United States use. But if you click on one of those, then you can see all the other books we have with that same subject heading. Oh, interesting. So and there's then, a, it's, it's a different way of slicing and dicing a category mm-hmm. to then just sort of go, I wonder what's there. Yeah. We oh, also, cool. uh, our catalog is very nice and that we have a database called Novelist embedded right into the catalog. Mm-hmm. So if you find a book, um, if you scroll down a little bit, it says more books like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially with fiction, Novelist is nice because it's not just more books with the same subject matter. Mm-hmm. But they also look at things like, well, this is a very character-driven book or a plot-driven book, or this has a very tense atmosphere, 
or this is a very funny book. Uh-huh. And so the plots might be different, but it's going to have that same tone and feel that usually draws one to fiction and the same kind of pacing or focus on plot versus character. Um, so that's a really great way to you know, find other books that you might be interested in, even if it's a subject matter yeah. that you might not have picked up. Yeah. Oh, so or interesting. New, or new author. It's a great way to find new authors. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, actually, if I've stumbled on that. Um, and I'm thinking, what a great job it is. Somebody reads these books and then categorizes them this way. I mean, that doesn't just happen, right? Somebody has this job to read all these things. So <laughs> the way Novelist works, it's a database that the library pays for. And then they have basically freelance librarians uh-huh. um, throughout the country. And as they read a book, not the librarians who work for them will go in and enter all the information, be like, this book is like this book, and this is why, and here are the things that match up with it. And so it, that's how they get all their information in there. Yeah. And then you can also go straight to the database and look like, I want 19th century school stories with an adventure feel and a humorous plot and a talking cat. You know, you can put all those things in and it'll generate you a list wow. of things that might match. Did you say down down the rabbit hole? Yes. And I also just a plug, you can always ask your librarian. We love to recommend books. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll ask you, what do you recommend these days? So right now I am very excited um, about a, a comic book series called Bombshells. Bombshells. Bombshells, which uh, it's from DC, so and it's DC superheroines, so uh-huh. like Batgirl and Mira and Supergirl and Stargirl in World War II, coming to oh, us, like cool. fighting for the Allies as their secret supernatural force to help win World War II. And it's very fun and exciting, and I'm enjoying that one a lot right now. Another book I really enjoy lately is called All In. And it is a romance novel from Sweden. So it's translated from Mm -hmm. the Swedish. She works for one company. He's a venture capitalist trying to buy out the company because he doesn't like their family. Star-crossed lovers Uh situation. Uh But one of the other reasons I really like it is because it was originally published in Sweden. So, of course, it's set in Sweden, but it doesn't have all of that explanatory text about like the neighborhoods they're in Mm -hmm. or what they're doing. Um, it just happens because it was written for a Swedish audience who would already know all this. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's giving me a very different look um, in Stockholm and where like the rich play in Sweden than a book written for an Amer- originally written for an American audience necessarily was. It's a, it's a very interesting look at the country. And I, I really like reading literature and translation for those same reasons because it just gives you a very different sense of place because it assumes you are already familiar with the place. And so the details it mentions are different. And it's a fun way to learn about a new place. I never thought of it. That's great. I will appreciate language, literature, and translation in a new way. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so before you go, I warned you about this, right? I have my big jar of wannabe analogies. Of course. So reach in, take a slip of paper, and we're going to make an analogy to whatever is on that slip. And I'm going to Take one out for our audience as well. And you want to go first or you want me to go? Why don't you go first? Okay, hold on. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> okay, curiosity is like horseshoes. Um, curiosity is like horseshoes um, uh, in two ways. Um, one, there's sort of the utilitarian horseshoe, which is durable and helps horses go all sorts of places they might not otherwise be able to go. But then in the context of the game, 
horseshoes, like curiosity or something, you sort of fling forward towards a top, towards a target. And maybe you hit it, maybe you don't, but the game is fun anyway. So that's how curiosity is like horseshoes. What do you have? So I have potato chips. Ooh. And I think curiosity is like potato chips because you can tell yourself you're only going to have two, but you're going to finish that bag. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah, never enough. And so audience, hold on, let me see. Yours is a beaver. How is curiosity like a beaver? Let us know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, Jen, this has gone much too quickly, um, but thank you. And I'm going to come find you at the Central Library at the desk now. Definitely look for me. Um, You mentioned some of the great topics we have. So I hope people will come out, come to our programs, come talk to your librarian. We want to talk to you. You know, we want to help you with your curiosity. You can also find me on Twitter at at APL Stacks, where I'm Library Jenny, and you can ask me for a book recommendation, and I can get you in touch with people, and I hope to see you there. Okay, everybody, follow APL Stacks. Love it. You're listening to Radio Arlington, WERALP 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with other great programs here at WERA, find us online, on demand, at WERA.FM. Check us out on Facebook at Choose to be Curious and Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. And don't forget to send us your beaver analogy, hashtag analogy. A shout out to David, who says shopping is like curiosity because that's where to go when the going gets tough. Thank you, David. For those of you who love good stories in all their various forms, check out the Story Hour up next with Wendy Mann, as well as Seasons of Poetry, Sunday mornings at 9.30, and The Hawk Chronicles, a radio drama, Sunday afternoons at 2.30. And of course, The Slippery Verge, Wednesday afternoons at 2, with a truly eclectic assortment of listening, all available from the Arlington Public Library. Special thanks to our guest, Jenny Rothschild, and to the folks at the Center for Local History. I hope you'll join us next time. And until then, choose to be curious. 